Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. How's it going, everybody? It's good to be back with you. The national championship game for college football is on Monday with a non-surprising matchup between Alabama and Georgia. And although it's usually an entertaining game to watch, it always leaves us fans wanting because our team isn't in it. What will it take for BYU to win another national championship? We'll have that discussion later. Plus, men's basketball plays St. Mary's tonight in a tough conference matchup. The Gales' assistant athletics director for communications, Brian Brownfield, joins me to discuss his thoughts on the game, the conference as a whole, and what sets St. Mary's and their fans apart. But first, here with me now is the man on a mission to convert everyone on planet Earth into a BYU fan, Jason Shepard. What's up, Shep? Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm good. How's that mission going to convert everyone to a BYU fan? Look, um, one person at a time. It's all you can do. (laughs) Eventually, you know, it may take a while. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen during my lifetime, but I like to begin the work. Somebody else can then take it uh, from out of my hands and just keep it going. Like a a race, you know, the baton to the next person and you just keep the race going. That's the way I look at it. Or or you plant the seed. You just You're plant the, the seed planter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're looking for those golden converts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. As mentioned before, the national championship game is on Monday between Georgia and Alabama. Not surprising. Uh, Shep, how invested are you in that game? I mean, look, I mean, it's the national championship game, so I will certainly watch. Here's where I differ from a lot of people, especially when it comes to Alabama. I don't hate them. Um, I don't hate Nick Saban. In fact, that's who I will be pulling for in the national championship game. I have really? no, pro- I have no problem rooting for Alabama. Um, they're always the best team, and it's the reason I don't have, and I don't, I don't quite know exactly why I don't have a problem with them. But it's the same reason I don't have a problem with the Yankees. Like everybody wants, they're tired of them winning, and. I just, for whatever reason, that doesn't bother me. So I'm actually pulling for uh, for Nick Saban and the old Crimson Tide. I don't you have like, a problem pulling. You for, like winners. You yeah, like winners. Yeah, and that's okay. I'm Shep. fine that's with okay. it. That's okay. Look, but yeah. uh, here's but here's the thing. I'm also like not a fan. I mean, I'm not like yeah. a Crimson Tide fan. So if Georgia were to win, it's not like I'm going to lose any sleep over it either. But I, I right. have no problem pulling for Alabama. I mean, I'm with you that I think you got to respect what Alabama does. You got to respect what Nick Saban has made in Alabama and, and the type of athletes that he brings in year in, year out. It's incredible. And he's put in a lot of work and obviously reaps the benefits year in and year out. So that's something as a college football fan, you at least have to appreciate. I think it's so much fun to watch because you see these athletes that Man, no offense to anyone here in the West, but it is just a different breed over there. It really is just a different type of athlete. So when you see a Georgia and an Alabama play each other, you're like, am I watching an NFL game or a college game? And I, yes, that's, and I think that's why. Yes, I agree 100%. It is the closest team in college that we have to an NFL team. And the reason is, is because as soon as they're done at Alabama, they immediately go into the NFL <laughs> and produce and become the stars at the next level. And Absolutely. look, and let's be honest, that's the entire SEC, but certainly yep. Alabama is leading the way uh, in terms of that. Well, in honor of the national championship game, I asked you all on Twitter, what it would take for BYU to make it to another national championship game? And I got a lot of passionate responses from BYU fans and even some Utes and Aggies. 
But before we get to those, Shep, I want to know what you think. What's it going to take for BYU to make it to another national championship game? Well, the good news is one of the biggest hurdles will no longer be a hurdle in another year. And that's being in a P5 conference. That That's right. one thing that BYU had to do. It was going to be nearly impossible um, to do it as an independent. Now that, now that BYU is going to be in the Big 12 beginning in 2023, that major hurdle is now taken out of the equation. Now it really does boil down to having that, not just an undefeated season, but an undefeated special season. It's having a season like this last year where you're taking on, you know, the upper echelon or perceived upper echelon of, of college football. you got a really tough schedule. And you you have one of those special years where everything clicks, and you know BYU and, and most teams that aren't in the SEC are going to have to go undefeated in order to to have a shot at it. You know, it's not like you can be like Alabama or you know any of those teams. Georgia can have a loss or two and still make it to the mm-hmm. college football playoff and then eventually into the championship game, you're going to have to be undefeated. Look, the likelihood of it happening is obviously very, very small for anybody, uh, for most teams in college football. Right. But the good news is that one major hurdle of you got to be in a P5 conference for a legit chance that's now going to be reality for BYU. So you know what? You never say never. Just enjoy the ride. Absolutely. I love I love that perspective. I love that you ended with that. Just enjoy the ride because that's what it's about. Very, very small chance, like you said, for any college football team to make it to the national championship, um, especially if you're not in the SEC. But I, I think BYU just isn't as deep. They're still going to be a, a church school, which is going to be harder to recruit, but it will help so much while they're, they're in the Big 12. I think they need to win the Big 12 championship. Who knows how many years that's going to take. I think there needs to be a playoff expansion as well. Um, I do love Shep that uh, grad transfers like Christopher Brooks and, and Houston Hamuli are coming in. I think it's going to take a lot of those uh, coming in bigger recruits and, and then you never know, you never know. But uh, here are some of your responses. Mama bird said a lot more money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually agree with that. I think that's true. Rusty said a doable first step is Big 12 championship, which is a reality in the next few years. We must have a dynamic runner like Algier to complement the passing game and healthy linebackers, which would have put us in the top 10 this year. And then some Cinderella wins in the playoffs. There, There's a lot of ifs. There, well, hey, look, look at what happened to happen. Cincinnati this year, Lauren. I mean, right? True. They were there were a couple of games they could have very easily lost, and mm-hmm. they're in the same situation where one loss is going to drop them out. There, there's no chance they're sniffing the college football playoff and being one of those top four seeds if they have a loss. And there were at least three games that I can think of that could have gone the other way for them. So it right. does so much of it, and I hate saying luck. That, that, but but things have to go your way. And so many times when you look back on championship teams, like even in the NFL, look, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. When we won the Super Bowl in, well, it's technically we won it in the year of 2020. It was for the 2019 season. Mm-hmm. You look back on so many games that if they go just, one play goes a different direction. It's it, You're not even in that situation. And right. so, so many things have to go your way. And so I... You have to have some of that 
magic dust, you know, that just gets thrown on you <laughs> that year in order to be put in there unless you're Alabama or Georgia or some mm-hmm. of these schools that they're, you know, their fourth string guys are still five star quarter or five star recruits, you know what I mean? Which Where is can just we crazy. Some of that magic dust. <laughs> but it, it, it is interesting that it can seem so far out of reach but also so close yeah. at the same time, especially when you mentioned Cincinnati. I totally agree. It it, it does take a lot of luck. Sean O'Connell said, "Wait, I don't the know if Sean, you know O'Connell? Sean. The like Sean O'Connell? The Sean O'Connell. Yep. Okay. The OC, uh, UFC fighter, former Ute, and now hosts his radio show. He is a wonderful individual, by the way. I really love him. Anyway, he he uh, tweeted at me and he said." The southeastern United States falling into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it would take to BYU win a national championship again. So basically the SEC. Yeah. And let's be honest, falling that's not just BYU's chances. That's most everybody else in college sports. No, absolutely. You notice he didn't say anything about the West, you mm. know, so it's the southeastern United States. But I love that response. Uh, David Seymour said the big roadblock to uh, such for BYU is not being in a league named SEC or Big Ten. Even at some point, Ute fans must consider even their almighty Pac-12 can't do it either. So kind of like, like you just said. And yes, the, the Pac-12 has kind of gone downhill, especially in comparison to those other conferences. But uh, hopefully in the future, uh, things can round out a little bit. Koti Samana said, every Bama player enter the transfer portal and come to BYU. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Hey, look! I, I still, I still reference um, Najee Harris, the the running uh-huh. back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, because he came on a couple unofficial visits to BYU. I still reference him as a BYU guy, <laughs> just because he came on uh-huh. an unofficial. And I mostly do that because it kind of irks a certain fan base on social media when I say that. <laughs> but uh, it's right; like they would all have to transfer and go other places. Hey, Kalani could do it, man. Kalani, he he uh, has something special about him. If anyone could do it in the country, it could be Kalani. I like it. Uh, Louis Lapuaho said, "Healthy." Plain and simple. And I think he's right. I mean, there's so many injuries, and that's just the name of the game with college football. That's every single team. You're going to have devastating injuries to your starters, but if somehow with that magical dust you were talking about, Shep, BYU can get a little of that, and all of their starters remain healthy because they just are not as deep as some of those teams uh, in the SEC. So we also had a few, if hell freezes over, or move to FCS for some (laughs) Mutant Aggies fans. But overall, it was it was a great conversation. I, I really enjoyed. Thank you, everybody who tweeted in. Um, I also posed a little "Would you rather" question ship on okay. Twitter okay. that I'm curious re- your response to. I asked, "Would you rather win a national championship as part of the Big Twelve or beat Utah for the rest of eternity?" What would you say? Ooh, um, look, I, I and I knew you would have to think about. This. Yeah, I, I mean, look, would. let's be honest. Both would be awesome. I, I just think. I think if you have a chance to win a national championship, you take it. And quite frankly, yeah. you know, we know how bad Utah wants to beat BYU. I think every single one, every Ute fan would say the exact same thing. If you have a chance to win a national championship, but it means you're going to lose to your rival every year, I think they take it. I, I think at the, yeah. at the oh, end yeah. of the day, the end goal is supposed to be winning it all. That's what, you, that's what you practice for. That's what you prepare for. It's what you play for. That's the end goal. So if you have a chance, and BYU already has one, if BYU has a chance for a second national championship, you know, in this hypothetical scenario, yeah, you go for that, even if it means losing to your rival. Absolutely. And and to the Utes' credit, I feel like they actually did a wonderful job of that this year. Losing to BYU, that hurts, that stings. 
but then they they took the conference and made it to the Rose Bowl and uh and I feel like that definitely overshadowed losing to BYU maybe not to BYU fans but to the rest of the country they don't care really that Utah lost to BYU right at the well, beginning of the, the season the rest of the country doesn't care about the rivalry anyway right I very mean, true it's i mean that's that that's in this state it's like yep. you know look now granted there's probably more people that that care about Ohio State and Michigan around the country you know than just regionally but but still the people that care the most about those rivalry games is people that live in the state of Ohio and the state of Michigan so yeah I, mm-hmm. yeah so that's I, I I agree with that and and people care more about that rivalry because they talk about it endlessly on ESPN and another national yes, entities as well correct. because because it's in the south and it's because of the athletes they have all right here's what you all said the majority of you picked the national championship BYU for the W said Natty in the Big 12 anyone who says Utah has problems which leads me to Lange Archibald however who said I would rather have a win over Utah every year national championship is obviously the goal but you can win it all, then have a losing record the next two years and have a head coach fired like LSU. What do you think of that, Chef? Look, I, there's a reason I took a pause, okay? I mean, yeah. beating your rival every year and knowing that you will always have scoreboard is very, very enticing. But but again, I just, look, if you have an opportunity to get another national championship, and how cool is it that we can say another national championship? That BYU mm-hmm. already has one. But, yeah, if you have that chance, I just I just don't know too many people that aren't going to take that. And it would be boring to win year in and year out, you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean for, I'm talking no, for wouldn't. the rest of eternity. No, it's, it, it wouldn't That's... be boring. You may get used to it, but I don't know if it'd be boring. <laughs> as long as they were some close games, you know, you still came with that. All right, Russell Grizz said, I'd take another nine-game losing streak if it meant winning another natty. Heck, BYU could lose to the U and still win Big 12 and go to the college football playoffs and win a national championship. Uh, very true. See, that's like what's that. that's what's so much fun. It's been so long. I think we've 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 almost forgotten what it was like to be in a conference. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. now, granted, the last time BYU was in a conference, it was you know this the system was a little different, but you right. know we no longer have to like if BYU were to lose a game. You don't immediately have to feel defeated the rest of the year in terms of, well, now what are we playing for? You right. can still lose a game and still have something to play for, and that's what's so exciting. Not just that you're going into a P5 conference. That certainly is just unbelievable. But to be able to be back into that mindset where one game does not determine the rest of your schedule, that's going to be so much fun to be back in that situation. Hallelujah, amen. I am so excited to be back in a conference for exactly that reason. All right, Chef, you're the best. Thanks so much. Thanks, Lauren. Always great to talk to you. Up next, BOU men's basketball is gearing up to take on St. Mary's tonight, and Gail's assistant athletics director of communication, Brian Brownfield, comes on to talk about what Gail's fans think of their conference championship hopes in a year where the WCC is deeper than it's been in a long time. And this is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. Conference hoops started this week after some postponements due to COVID. So tonight's matchup between BYU and St. Mary's is even more anticipated than normal. It's a game that almost always keeps you on the edge of your seat until the very end. And Gail's assistant athletics director for communication, Brian Brownfield, joins me now to chat about how St. Mary's is navigating this unique season. Thanks for coming on with me, Brian. No problem, Lauren. Thanks for having me on the show. 
Yeah, I have to ask you, you have a phenomenal pirate mustache in your bio picture. Is that current? Do you still have that? You would probably be disappointed to learn that my face is completely shaved right Uh-oh. now. Um, I have no facial hair at the moment. Um, <laughs> you know, keeping that handlebar mustache is actually a little bit difficult with um, the mask requirements out here in California. So, uh, yes. Um, yeah, it's it's a little bit of uh, that, that was more just for show, I would say. <laughs> Just to get it up on the website, show everyone, hey, look what I can do. Um, But no, at this moment, we are completely shaved. We're starting over for the new year. Look at this phenomenal piece of facial hair that that I can accomplish. No, and it's going to be up there for years to come. I'm proud of you. Uh, All right. Along with media relations, I saw you did some broadcasting at Menlo College. Is that something you're able to do at St. Mary's as well? Yes, it is. And um, I'm going to throw a little uh, jab at you guys. I was actually on the call of the uh, 2020 WCC tournament game that Jordan Ford hit the dagger against you guys with (laughs) 1.4 seconds left to go to the championship game. I was on the call of that game for St. Mary's radio. Remember, we remember that all too well. Did you, uh, did you have a lot of screams and yells when that happened? I think I was able to stay under control enough. Um, I don't think I was completely in the red on my audio mixer, Um, but uh, it was, that was a, (laughs) that was a special moment. Certainly. I mean, I'd only been employed, um, at St. Mary's for probably about two months when that happened. And that was my first run calling basketball. <laughs> I, I didn't do any of the games in the regular season because our normal broadcaster, Alex Jensen, obviously does a fantastic job, but he couldn't make the tournament. They had me fill in and boy, what a, what a run that was and what a game that was between St. Mary's and BYU. And we're looking forward to another one tonight. Absolutely. What a good start for you. Uh, St. Mary's had their first two conference games postponed due to COVID. And I know those postponements have been have been disappointing for BYU and I'm sure for every team. What's it been like on your end with the Gales? It's been disappointing for us as well. I think, you know, we, we really wanted to see how St. Mary's was going to play against those first two teams. I mean, talk about the anticipation of St. Mary's and San Francisco. I mean, the Dons, you know, now a two loss Mm -hmm. team after their loss to Loyola, uh, Chicago earlier this week. But, um, you know, those two programs at the time, a one loss program and a three loss program going head head in the conference opener that had a lot of appeal here uh, in the Bay Area. And then Santa Clara, that's another tough one for us as well, because they've beaten us at our place two years in a row now. So, (laughs) you know, there was a lot on the line in those first two games, and they were going to be a a very good litmus test for where we stood going into the rest of conference play and going into the BYU game. But, you know, it's not too bad to have BYU as your WCC opener. You're going to know right away where you stand against the rest of the competition. All right. You mentioned some of the other teams in the conference. The WC is WCC is very deep this season, which is exciting, but also presents more of a challenge uh, to make it to the top. So how do the Gales view the fact that it's going to be more difficult than in previous seasons to make a deep run in the WCC tournament? We love that it's as deep as it is this season, because as as we've been seeing nationally, you know, now we have four teams projected to reach the NCAA tournament at the end of the year. Every team that is improved in our conference is just helping everybody else from top to bottom in in achieving that kind of national prestige that we want the West Coast Conference to be. We're one of the top tier basketball programs or basketball conferences, I should say right now in the country, if you look at how our teams are performing. And so while it's definitely a challenge for us here at St. Mary's, knowing that everybody else is getting closer to our level, we also feel like with what we've been able to do this year and 
the teams that we've been able to beat going to the Maui Invitational. Uh, we certainly feel like we've elevated our game as well, and we're looking forward to the challenges. Absolutely. I love I love that you said it elevates your game as well. I feel like that's one of the benefits of it is it prepares each team, even the top tier teams that are usually Gonzaga, St. Mary's, BYU for the NCAA tournament to be even more prepared. Uh, Randy Bennett always puts together a strong team year in and year out. From what you've seen so far this season, what makes this team unique? Well, it certainly is unique in the sense that we have every player back from last year. Um, We're one of two teams in the entire country. I think Delaware is the only other team that brought back every single minute played from the 2020-21 season. So uh, we're certainly unique in that fact. Everyone knows each other. They've all played together for at least one full season. So that certainly gives us an edge. But what makes us unique in this era of teams just stepping back and shooting threes and scoring 100 points a game, Hmm. we love grinding it down. We love playing defense. We love winning those 60 to 58 kind of ball games. Randy Bennett is, is very big on defense. And while we certainly do shoot a lot of three-pointers, we are very selective with that. We use up basically all 30 seconds off the shot clock, and we make it as defensive of a battle as we can. We like winning those ugly kind of games, and I think that gives us an advantage uh, when you look at some of the other top programs, not just around the WCC, but in in the NCAA, because a lot of teams are built on offense, and we certainly have guys who are capable of scoring the basketball, but we have one through five on our lineup, we have a ton of elite defenders and that's a huge advantage for us. I've always had so much respect for St. Mary's and love watching them play because kind of like you said, everything's very methodical. It just is, it's just very good team play. It's just clean and so much fun to watch. If you had to pick one player that uh, we should watch for, who's it going to be? In this game, I think you'd have to look for Logan Johnson. Um, he got off to a little bit of a slow start this year. He was our lone all uh, preseason WCC selection after being named second team all WCC last year, but he's really started to elevate his game. You know, the last game we had right before our shutdown at the turn of the new year, he scored 26 points against Yale was the, and I guess still is the reigning WCC player of the week based off of that performance. He's starting to find his stride. And if Logan Johnson can take over a game and, you know, drive and then kick out as he's, as he's so well known for, that's just another layer to our offense that I think, I think will help us get to that 60 point range a little bit more frequently. And when we score 60, we don't lose. So I think that's, That's a a big key for us is getting Logan Johnson going, and he certainly comes into this game against BYU as a hot player. You've been with the Gales a a handful of years now, so you've probably gotten to know Randy Bennett pretty well. He's actually a very funny guy. I've been able to interview him a couple times. What what is your favorite thing about Randy Bennett that you've learned since you've been there? Well, I've only been with the men's basketball team for about four months now. Uh, I I was working with the women's program the last two years. So I don't actually have like as deep of a knowledge of some of those funny Randy isms as a lot of other people do, but you know what he is, he's one of those guys who you'll hear a lot of people, they'll talk about him and they'll say that he's kind of like, I don't know, maybe an intimidating presence. It's just because, you know, he's been here for 21 years and he's had all the success and he's almost at 500 wins as the Gales head coach. And he's this, you know, he's the big man on the campus at St. Mary's. (laughs) But when you get right down to it and you have a conversation with the guy, it's it, like you said, it's, it's very, he's, he's funny. He's down to earth. 
he's great to converse with, talk basketball with. Um, and, and these first couple months of working with the men's basketball program specifically have been, have been very enjoyable in part, thanks to my interactions with coach Bennett. <laughs> so cool. I love it. So you mentioned before that, that St. Mary's is excited to come to Provo and play BYU. What do the Gales think about coming and playing BYU and just that matchup in general? It's an awesome experience anytime one of our teams get to go to Provo to take on BYU. The atmosphere inside the Marriott Center is honestly second to none, not just in the conference, but in the NCAA. The, the fan atmosphere there is electric. And I think we really we appreciate the opportunity to get to do that. You know, when we're here at home, we love playing inside University Credit Union Pavilion, and it gets loud when it's sold out, as it will be when you guys come to our, t- our place later on in February. But, you know, there's something about playing in front of a packed arena that's going to have like 18,000 people. That energy is just completely different. And so we, we, certainly, we certainly embrace the opportunity for that. We love the challenges of, of having to play in front of a hostile environment like that. And like I had said earlier, I think that is something that just only serves as a way to elevate our game, forces us to step up in situations and hope that we're able to deliver. Absolutely. The Marriott Center is definitely a unique place to play, but I'm glad you mentioned uh, St. Mary's fans, because I want to know, what would you say is your favorite tradition that you've seen or been a part of in Moraga? You know, we have a lot of really good ones here in, in Moraga, and in particular at University Credit Union Pavilion. I think one of the, one of the ones that our director of marketing, Joe Alvarez, has been really big on is he loves the playing of Sweet Caroline. And he does that usually after one of the media timeouts in the second half. And when this place is packed, um, it's, it certainly is awesome. I know Sweet Caroline is maybe an overplayed song at certain venues, but it's a song that everybody knows. Everybody loves it. And you can basically just cut out the words, the lyrics, and everyone else will just sing along and they'll take over. And that, that certainly (laughs) is special. Another one that actually is, is unique specific to our men's basketball program is um, our, our public address announcer, Stephen Oldfather, whenever a three pointer is made by one of our Australian players, he'll say, you know, Three points, Alex Dukas. And then he'll yell, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. And then all the fans go, oi, oi, oi. And that, I mean, when it gets when it gets packed in there, again, it's only 3,500 people, but it's it just, it makes your ears ring out. And it's so cool to be a part of that when we're knocking down threes. So much fun and so much fun for those players, I'm sure. Gail's Assistant Athletics Director of Communication, Brian Brownfield. Thank you so much for coming on with me and taking the time. No problem. It's been great, Lauren, and uh, best of luck tonight. It's going to be a fun one. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Brian Brownfield and Jason Shepard for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time, or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. This is Cougar Tailgate. Cougar Tailgate.